0: Hello friends, and welcome to the CNBC Podcast, where we explore how Jesus is at work in and around our world. Calvary Monument Bible Church is a body of Christ called by Jesus to love, live, and lead for God's glory, desiring to grow in a greater love for God and a greater love for those He places in our pathways. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Calvary Monument Bible Church, we would invite you to check us out online at www.calvarymonument.org. I'm Pastor Chris Lenhart, and with us today we have Pastor Tom Hubbard. Pastor Tom has served in full-time ministry for over 49 years in many different countries, Japan, Poland, Holland, Germany, and the United States, among others. He has served at churches, in educational institutions, and as a missionary. He is a man committed to global discipleship. Pastor Tom will be retiring at the end of June, and today he will open up the treasure of the life experience that Jesus has brought him and begin to share reflections with us from over 49 years of full-time ministry. Jesus is at work. Let's hear what he's up to. We're here with Tom Hubbard this morning. Tom has really uh, been through a lifetime of ministry. He has ministered all over the world, quite literally, in many different contexts, in institutions, in churches, in many different countries. We're looking forward to hearing from his wisdom today. Uh, Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, I'd ask you what you wanted to be when you grow up, but I believe that ship's probably long sailed. (laughs) Yeah, long time ago. (laughs) Okay. Not tall enough. (laughs) Well, we are so thrilled that you uh, have agreed to come in and join us today. And I'm wondering, how many years of ministry experience total? 49
1: plus in full-time ministry.
0: Wow. 49 plus years in full-time ministry. So, obviously, over that course of time, you can look back and you could probably uh, pull out some reflections uh, that have stood out to you. Things that have stood the test of time over those years. What are two or three reflections you have from your ministry experiences?
1: Sure. Well, God definitely prepares you to live and serve. And He uses people to move you. And that's been my experience. God desires uh, each individual to grow in faith, in love, in joy, and with confidence, an understanding of who you are and how you function. And in each case where God has moved us, it's been a clear leading to each new appointment. And it's evidence of God's incredible timing. And a verse that really applies to that, uh, Pastor Chris is going to read 1 Peter 5.10.
0: Sure, yeah. 1 Peter 5.10. This is Peter writing to the church. He says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion, Forever and ever, Amen. Amen. Mm. So true discipleship involves pain, mm.
1: and uh, that's that's been my experience in ministry and in life. There's there's going to be there's going to be some pain. Mm. There's going to be some suffering, and uh, we'll get to that a little further as we look at some verses
0: ahead. Sure. Well, certainly our our friends wherever they're listening right now would be able to relate. To that on some level um, you know it may be the discomfort of just not being able to physically be with people in this Mm. season Um, but there's certainly been some pain that has uh, uh, followed in the wake of what we've been experiencing in our country Mm. uh, with COVID-19 so yes the Lord brought you to Calvary Monument Bible Church and now you're looking forward to retirement how many years ago was it that the Lord brought you to Calvary Monument Mm -hmm. Bible Church uh, began November first, two thousand twelve. November first. So okay. seven and a half years. Okay, wonderful. Yeah.
1: So specifically in the
0: context of your ministry at CNBC, what are some of the reflections or takeaways that you have during your time with the family here at Calvary Monument Bible Church?
1: Well, I had some time to think about this and I, I really over the seven and a half years really grew and appreciate the role of the elders at CNBC, and how they love the people of this church. From the seniors, who we call friends, to the children, to the youth, to adults, there's a constant sense that the elders are spiritual leaders, and I'm really thankful for that and, and thank the church for that. Another thing is that the elders and pastors really respect older saints. There's a an understanding that we build upon the previous generation. And that has been a a wonderful, wonderful testament to this church. It's also been my joy and delight and my privilege to serve here at CNBC. Also looking back, 22 different nursing retirement homes that I have visited in the course of my time here, mostly in Lancaster County, occasionally in Chester County, Uh, But also hospice in Mount Joy. And looking back, approximately 60 individuals have gone on to glory Mm. in that time.
0: Wow. Yeah. And when we think about the ministry of visitation, going into nursing homes and being with senior saints, a lot of times it's individuals who uh, really have a whole life and legacy in their past that Mm -hmm. become so fun to unpack and explore as you get to know them you get to learn about their history what's influenced them what's motivated them their stories Mm -hmm. how they are where they are today Uh, even when you go to visit individuals in their home that that perhaps are living alone now widowed to hear Mm -hmm. them talk about their spouse and what that person meant to them uh, those are just really special times and Mm -hmm. As you think back over your life in ministry and the career that you've had, I'm sure that you can identify uh, two or three individuals in your life that have really helped to shape and define your ministry and, and your legacy. Who, who are those people and what they share with you? Okay, I'll, I'll list them rather quickly.
1: Um, <clears throat> Blair Richardson, uh, post high school and college days, Blair came into my life, he was a professional boxer, (laughs) and Blair really took a liking to me and uh, really guided me in some college days, and he was also an educator and uh, really had a a strong influence on me from an attitude standpoint. Another one was Bob Palmer, who was the head of uh, Sandy Cove, Sandy Cove and Hilltop Ranch, and I was there for five summers and uh, 15 months, and Bob just really expressed the joy of the Lord and had a great sense of humor and really uh, motivated me into ministry. A third couple of gentlemen were Tom Telford and Dave Mays who really helped me to reconnect after being in Japan for 11 years. Uh, They really helped me connect with the local church Mm -hmm. through an organization that was mission focused and I had six years with them. And they were both really uh, so clear on the role of the local church and missions outreach. So that was a real factor. And then in my last 10 years, uh, Hud McWilliams, a friend, a boss, uh, really helped me through tight times in Holland and in Poland and in Germany. And he remains uh, a very close
0: friend. And you've served in... um... Holland, you've served in Poland, as you mentioned, Germany, uh, Japan, uh, now here in America. I mean, it, it really is amazing uh, the diversity of people that you've worked with um, over the years. And um just wondering, did you, do you remember a time in your life where you felt a specific call in ministry? Like, was that a moment where you were like, this is the day I remembered the Lord called me into full-time ministry? Or was it kind of a process that evolved over your years of serving?
1: I think from, from the time I got into being a youth pastor, I always wanted to be involved with people. People uh, was the drawing factor. I, I really felt that there's only really three things that are eternal. God, the Word of God, And the souls of people. Mm. So that really was what got my attention. And so after being a youth pastor for three years, I went on to teach. And from teaching on to the mission field where I continued teaching. And then I ended up at Lancaster Bible College. Uh, And that was, again, another rich experience with students and coaching. And then the Lord said, it's time for you through a, actually through a short-term mission trip, that he led my family and I overseas to Japan, where again, I taught and, and very rich experience in another culture. So I'd say it was a gradual process, but the Lord placed in my heart a real desire to serve people.
0: Mm-hmm. So if there is a young man or a young woman out there listening today uh, in our time together, you wouldn't necessarily be encouraging them to wait until they hear a specific call, if they have a burden to serve and an urge to serve, you would encourage them to, yes. to step out and begin.
1: Yes, I think I think God, it's very clear, God uses opportunities that we get involved in uh, somewhere along the line down through our lives. He'll use those opportunities in a meaningful way. And so we have to be open and willing to serve in those capacities, whatever they might be.
0: Hmm. Yeah, And as you begin to step out and take advantage of those opportunities that the Lord brings. He places these relationships in your life, relationships that you have referred to already, men, women that influence us and motivate us to continue on in the Lord and and to do the work that he's called us to do. I'm just wondering, uh, throughout all of your years, was there a piece of ministry advice? Was there wisdom that was shared with you uh, that you received, that you remembered, and you held with you that has really been an encouragement to you? Who gave it to you? What was that advice?
1: Okay, well, this came while we were in Japan. Uh, We were involved in a local church there, but we also had many contacts back in the U.S., uh, churches who were supporting us, people that we had gotten to know, pastors, pastors' wives, and uh, individual supporters. And I'll never forget that in Japan one day, I was on the phone with a pastor's wife whose her husband had really been through the ringer uh, through some fault of his own and some of the leadership of the church. But she said to me, this was a pastor's wife, she said, Be careful. Be strong. Christians in good churches often shoot their wounded. So that kind of stuck with me, and uh, it, it's a reminder that the church is not a perfect place. No ministry is perfect, but uh, God God used that in my own life to get through some difficult times.
0: Mm. That is so helpful. I, one, one of the years I was in college, one of the professors shared something along those lines similarly mm. that has stuck with me over the years. He said to us one day in class, ministry is an incredibly personal profession. Now You will be with people in their deepest valleys and on their highest mountaintops. Mm -hmm. You will walk alongside of them, and you have to remember that you can't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, and that, you know, shooting the wounded, those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. uh, really hurting people sometimes hurt people, intentionally or unintentionally. And a lot of times it's pastors and ministry leaders that bear the brunt of that hurt. So Mm -hmm. wonderful uh, advice that you received Uh, to help sustain you in your years of ministry. You've been through uh, quite a deal of adversity uh, in your life, and you've had some joys, you've Mm -hmm. had some sorrows. How has your life experiences helped to shape how you love and care for others?
1: Well, I'd like to start by saying that from age 23 to 41, uh, John... 16.33, a verse that Pastor Chris used last week, preached on. John says, I have said this, these words of Jesus, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's John 16.33. And then that was the year that my wife died in Japan. And up until that time, that had been my life verse, because I knew there would be challenges and trials in this life. After that terrible thing, I moved on to Romans 15, 13. And uh, in that passage, we're told, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So through loss and pain and suffering and grief, for instance, my friend Blair that I mentioned earlier, he died at the age of 31, Mm -hmm. never to see his unborn son. Judy died at 40 in Japan, and words cannot describe my shattered world. Cancer has visited me twice, at 48, and then again at 70. And then these last years, Susan has been by my side, as an incredible wife, and she has invested in me. She's been so faithful, and so loving, and so supportive. And Jesus has invested in me. I want to share this. We do not come to saving faith, so we can die and go to heaven. That is really partly true, and it's a wonderful thing, but that's not the only reason he saved us. He's invested in us. He wants to use us. And there's always someone you can invest in for eternity. So that's uh, really part of my life experience, realizing that, Jesus has invested in me. The church has invested in me. How do I invest in the church? How do I invest in the lives of others?
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. I I wonder if if all of us, if everyone listening took that advice and that wisdom, Hmm. uh, how different uh, our lives might look and how different our world looks. Here we are recording this podcast in the midst of of some racial tensions that have gone on in our country and um, can't help but think as a man that has served a diverse population of individuals over his lifetime that you may have some wisdom, some feedback uh, to us to help us navigate uh, the realities that we're facing today with, with the racial tensions we're experiencing in our country. What what wisdom, if any, or what advice, if any, would you share with us that might motivate us to invest in all people um, the same way Jesus has invested in us? Yeah.
1: I, I think a key factor in the situation today around our country is fear. Hmm. I think there's a basic distrust of people, and I think there's a fear of the unknown. And until we get to know people and get to experience them, uh, we're going to have some element of fear and distrust. So I think we have to start with acceptance. We have to start with people want to belong, and we have to start with humility. In my experience, first in a foreign country of Japan, where I was usually taller than most people, I had to demonstrate humility by asking for help by seeing that I didn't have all the answers. And I think that was a key factor in my relationships with Japanese people and with the people that I served in Japan. It also was a factor in my ministry to military because Okinawa, where I lived for 11 years, is uh, really a place where there's a lot of American military, a lot of uh, African-Americans, a lot of Hispanics, a lot of uh, white people, and all of them were part of my experience in Okinawa in being involved in the church there and having a, a very active uh, Sunday school class of young adults that sometimes hit 50 people. Mm-hmm. And we had a wonderful relationship with those folks, and it all came down to acceptance mm-hmm. and trust and humility
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and loving, loving them. And that's what God allowed me to experience over yeah. the
0: years. Yeah, and that idea of investing in those relationships then, as you shared earlier, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look around what we're experiencing in our world today, in our country today, and specifically to me, it's evidence that we are a people that, that struggle still with loving well. And the idea of being <clears> accepting <throat> and being humble and uh, trusting and investing, uh, really key words, loving, uh, words that may help bring unity mm. and uh, mm. may help us uh, rebuild after the calamity that our cities yeah. and really our country has been experiencing over the last few weeks.
1: Just a further word on that. God, God has allowed me the privilege to, to live in five countries, mm. and now here I am in living in Amish land, and there's so much change and transitions. Are, they're all normal. They're, they're what we should expect. Look what Jesus did as he left his father to dwell here. And what's, what's the way he wants us to live? He wants us to thrive here. And God is, is not predictable. God is unpredictable. So our faith must be total trust. And what we're going through right now, we need to understand that he wants us to thrive in these situations, not fear, not backing away, not, not isolating ourselves to the point that we don't, we don't contact people, we don't call people, we don't write to people, but that we continue to reach out and love people and those around us that we, we are so close to that we demonstrate our own trust by thriving in these situations.
0: Mm, That's a great word. And, I was just reading this morning. I want to find the text because I thought it was really interesting. In John 17, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, in verse 15, I read this and it stuck out to me this morning. He said, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, Mm. Mm. but that you keep them from the evil one. Mm. Jesus uh, was asking God, to help us, to help his disciples stand mm-hmm. up under and thrive mm-hmm. in the world that he had placed them in. Yes. And uh, yes. all the relationships that he puts in our pathways, all the people he brings us into contact with, uh, wonderful opportunities for us to experience his promises uh, every day in our world and in our lives. so That's right. Wonderful wisdom. Well, we are, as a congregation, of course, uh, approaching a season of change and transition, and we have mm-hmm. um, the effects of COVID-19 that are ever before us. We have um, leadership transitions coming as, as you mm-hmm. look to retire, and we'll have to transition in our care of senior saints, and we have transitions coming in our... Uh, music ministries, so uh, some of the wisdom and advice, not fearing, not backing away, thriving are there other words of wisdom you would have for us as a body as we look ahead at some of these changes and transitions? Well <clears throat> I've, I've talked
1: to a few people about retirement and I think the word is a little misleading <laughs> uh, I see it as a time, a phase in life where you do not get paid for all the fun and important things you want to do <laughs> That is really good. <laughs> so like tennis and golf and reading and, and being an opa, a grandfather, and taking time to disciple the grandkids and learning new things, learning new hobbies, but not pickleball. Uh, those are all things that uh, I'm looking forward to in retirement. It will be a time of change. And I've experienced so much change over the years that that's fine. That's, that I'm accustomed to that. It doesn't bother me. The, the goal is to glorify god wherever i am Mm. and that's that's my goal Mm. wonderful
0: and again an approach that uh, we could all keep at the forefront of our minds as we navigate these changes that the lord has brought us jesus continually is redirecting the focus of his disciples towards the father in his earthly ministry and what a great example of leadership for those in ministry and uh, even moving into retirement you still have a a role of leadership with your family, with your mm-hmm. children, with your congregation here, mm-hmm. and the words that yeah. we speak, um, they can either be life-giving and sustaining and directing eyes upwards, uh, or they can be feeding into the fear mm-hmm. and the anxiety yeah. and all of the doubt that's evident in our world today. And Sorry. I just want you to know, uh, Tom, <clears throat> Pastor Tom, I've appreciated you so much in, in my short time here because you've been a person that has spoken words of life. Uh, all of the time to me, and and I've heard it to our congregation as well. And so I'm just uh, very thankful for the time that we've gotten to serve together uh, over the last few years. And I look forward to continuing to be able to glean into your experiences and your influence. Uh, I don't think I'll be joining you on a tennis court anytime soon. I I fear your your tennis prowess is a little outside of my realm but maybe maybe we could go golfing together yes or something. yes of course <laughs> sure? that'd be great i love that outdoor living <laughs> that's right we'll talk um, about the first few things so you know here we are end of june you're going to be officially retired <clears throat> there has to be some things on your bucket list there has to be some things that you and susan are looking forward to doing places you're looking forward to going beaches that are going to have the honor of of having your presence on them what are the what are the first few things you guys will be doing outside of retirement?
1: Well, good. We do have a, a desire to, to go back to Harvey Cedar's Bible Conference again. We've we've been able to get there the last six summers. And uh, it's a great uh, Christian camp, wonderful worship and, and speakers, wonderful facilities. Uh, their Their food is outstanding. The beach is right there. They have a very good bookstore, and they have a really nice tennis court. Um, we just really enjoy the atmosphere at Harvey Cedars and we've had other friends from the church here uh, join with us and we've had uh, friends from other areas that we've gotten to know that have joined us so well. It's, it's just a, a wonderful place. We also enjoy going to the Poconos. We enjoy going to the Lodge up in New York and uh, we know that there'll be people coming to visit us from other countries people that we've had from Australia, people from Germany, people from England. Uh, It's just a a normal thing for folks to want to come and and visit us, just like Paul visited uh, churches where he'd been, uh, revisited them. Uh, We like to revisit, and people like to come and and see us as well. So that's a, a real blessing. Hospitality is always an important part of our desire.
0: Wonderful. And speaking from experience, you guys are wonderful hosts. Um, We certainly love coming over and spending time with your family. And um, yeah, just look forward to the continued opportunities. As we wrap our time up together today, do you have any famous last words or final Mm -hmm. thoughts you'd like to share? And then maybe I'll close us in prayer.
1: Good. Mm -hmm. Sure. I just want to express my appreciation to the body of Calvary Monument Bible Church. It's been a a wonderful, wonderful tenure here on the staff. Uh, The last year and a half, it's really been exciting working with Pastor Chris and the staff and the unity and the desire to serve. It's been a real blessing to both me and to Susan to be part of the uh, ministries here at Calvary Monument. And uh, we're going to continue here. We're so thankful for the body of Christ here and people who truly love the Lord, truly serve the Lord, truly are generous and loving and caring and do usually demonstrate great hospitality. So we're just very thankful for for all that God has led us through here. Wonderful.
0: May it continue. Yes, we're thankful for you and Susan as well. Uh, Just uh, really love and appreciate you guys. I've always shared throughout my life there, are a number of people the Lord has placed in Sheila and I's life who we feel we call them sustaining relationships. They're mm. relationships that help sustain mm. us in ministry. Mm. I'm sure you had relationships like that as well. Yeah. We certainly see you and Susan as one of the sustaining relationships and very much appreciate you. So Amen. let me uh, close our time together in prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to just catch up the talk and to just hear Tom's heart and to lean into the wealth of knowledge and ministry experience and wisdom that he has from all the years that you've given him. Uh, I'm so thankful that he sees uh, all as he looks back over his life as an opportunity to glorify you and to demonstrate his love for your son. And we're just so thankful for the example that he has set. Uh, He he knows and, and we know, Lord, he wants you to receive all the glory in it. And so we give you the glory for what you have done uh, in his life and his ministry and we would ask as he continues forward in his retirement that you would just continue to be honored and glorified by the example and the model of his life we thank you for his family and for the opportunities that you have placed before him and lord we just uh, look forward to what you have for him in his next season of life we celebrate this time together with him and susan Amen. it's in jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Tom, and uh, thank you all for joining us on CNBC's podcast, Jesus at Work podcast today, and it's been wonderful to hear how the Lord has worked in your life and ministry. Have a wonderful afternoon, everyone.